0: Hey peeps, this is Fernie, your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher, and you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. On today's episode, we are talking to Mikey Ameli, and we are going to be discovering your authentic self and unique genius, so stick around because you won't want to miss it. Mike Iamelli is a respected published author, blogger, and is the genius behind the Sacred Branding e-course, which can be found on his website, mikeiamelli.com. He is also an established wellness coach and clinical herbalist who specializes in helping people define and create success on their own terms. After recovering from a debilitating illness, Mike gave up his high-powered PR career to find his own version of love success, and happiness. He's also dedicated his life to assisting people in finding their own unique genius and building a business using their special gifts and skills. I'm so happy to have him as my special guest and welcome him to this episode of Fernie Unfiltered. Um, So the first, like, the first time I um, heard about you or I found out about you was by reading your viral article about, what was it called, like, um, I'm an otherwise straight man who fell in love with his best friend. And I saw that article and I read it and I was like, well, that isn't that just interesting? Um, Mm -hmm. Because I think you... I see it as a way of you finding, like starting the process of really finding who you were, finding out who you were. Um, and a lot of people, when they think of like sexuality or they think of sexual preference or whatnot, they want to make it about sex. And it's not about sex. It's more about an opportunity to have experience that allows you to be yourself in an authentic way. So for me, whenever I realized that I was a gay man, it was in high school and I had been masquerading as this like straight person for years and years and then one day a friend of mine just got blunt with me and said fernie you're gay get over it like move on like next and after she had that conversation with me i remember going home sitting down laying down on the couch staring at the ceiling for hours and hours and hours and hours pondering the significance of what that reality would be for me and how i if i owned that how that was going to affect the rest of my life Um, granted it, it was the best decision I ever made for myself because it was the first step in me moving in the direction of being more authentic and being more myself. Um, and I, I kind of see your story very, in a very similar way where, you know, it was one step in that direction, but then over time, this opened the door to a bunch of other, um, bunch of other opportunities for you to explore yourself and to figure out who you really were. Um, so, can you, continue, can you tell me a little bit about that part of your life experience and how that kind of began?
1: Sure. Well, I'll back it up about um, maybe a year, mm-hmm. even two years before the article was written. I, um, at the time, got really, really sick. And mm-hmm. so I was working in public relations. I actually owned my own PR agency at the time. Mm-hmm. I specialized in healthcare reform. And I woke up one day, it was, I remember the exact date, June 29th, 2012, and I was vomiting blood. Mm. And so that wasn't a good thing. And uh, that continued on for about two months. And so I was shopped around from doctor to doctor, trying to figure out what is wrong with me, Mm. why am I so sick? And at the time, I was living with Garrett, who is my now husband, but at the time a friend, and he was in residency for pharmacy school. So he was a healthcare professional. Mm-hmm. And he um, was kind of taking care of me at this time. You know, our other roommate, um, she had a boyfriend. And so she was not sleeping there a lot. So it was really just the two of us. And mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do a lot by myself because I was so sick. And so during this process of kind of Garrett taking care of me, it was the first time that I felt like, wait a minute, something is different here. Something mm-hmm. feels weird and different, and I feel like I'm getting feelings for him, but this doesn't make any sense to me. Mm.
0: Because
1: um, I've never previously been attracted to a man before. Um, I've known him for years, and I've mm. never been attracted to him. Like, what is happening in this dynamic? Mm-hmm. And it was very uh, confusing at a time where everything about my life was changing. I mean, mm. I was starting to question my job while I was healing myself and learning about nutrition and interested in helping others around me who were sick. Mm -hmm. Um, I was questioning, you know, my health practices. I used to drink quite a bit of alcohol Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I had no interest in alcohol anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, of course I was really sick, but even when I started to get better, I wasn't interested in alcohol. And so things in my life were really changing at this moment. And it was a really scary time, but I remember that. I think the blessing in a crisis is that because everything is unstable, you're willing to take risks or do things you may not do otherwise. And so I admitted my feelings to Garrett. I told him that I didn't know what this was, but I'm having feelings. And he equally was kind of unsure about what was going on, but he felt something. And that started the process of probably, I want to say three years of us navigating a relationship and seeing if we could even do this, if this felt feasible to us, slowly telling people in our lives as it felt more real all the way to today where we're married.
0: Right. So once you kind of own that, because I mean, you had to own all of that. Well, I'm sure it wasn't just an overnight. Okay. Well, we love each other. Let's be in a relationship. I'm sure that took a while to kind of figure out and make sense of. And in the course of that, did that kind of spiral you into this? I don't even know who I am anymore. I don't even know what is what is going on in my life here. Because I mean, if you're going through all of this with a PR firm and you're having to question that path that you took and then you've got this whole reorientation happening here, like aside from, and not only that, but then you were sick and I'm sure that was a scary a scary ass situation to go through. So if you wake up like spitting blood, I'd be like, what the hell is going on here? Um, you know, I think all of that... That's a lot. That's a lot to, for someone to have to go through in like a very short period of time emotionally, mentally, like what was happening upstairs. How were you coping with all of that change? Uh, not
1: um, you know, <laughs> I think it was it was a lot. Mm. I would ha- I remember um writing an email to Garrett because he was away on business and he was not comfortable with people knowing about our relationship yet. And we'd probably been together and when I say together, I mean loosely, because we weren't exclusive. We were still exploring this. But when we were kind of together for about a year at this point, I remember being so frustrated and saying, listen, like I'm going through 10 life changes that for anyone else, this would be the significant mm-hmm. change in their life. And I'm going through 10 simultaneously. And the fact that like I'm being secretive about this is really hard and painful mm-hmm. to me. I don't know how to deal with all this. So it was challenging. I mean, honestly, it." kicked me onto the self-work path because to survive, I needed to go to therapy. I need to work with healers. Right. I need to go to psychic class regularly. Like it allowed me, it actually kind of propelled me into stepping into intuitive gifts and learning new things about myself as a survival mechanism, quite frankly.
0: Yeah. So like a lot of people think that whenever there's going to be a profound life change, it's almost like, Oh, the universe, like, people i always make this joke like people expect an angel to descend from the heavens and to say hey here's change here's the path you should take here's and you know your experience wasn't like that at all yours is like a brick literally a brick wall falling on top of you and you're like what the hell is going on and so you, here you are trying having to reexamine yourself and it was because of your illness, I think, that really triggered a lot of that to happen because a lot of people believe that things are going to be easy or, tr- or transitions or changes happen very you know, smoothly. And people sometimes question, why do I have cancer? Why do, am I going through this? Why am I going through that? And people don't realize there's an underlying spiritual cause or a benefit be, you know because of some of those conditions. Like you wouldn't experience certain things had you not gone through that condition. Would you think, do you think that you and Garrett would have even realized how you felt about each other had you not gotten sick, had that not happened? Uh, probably not.
1: It was mm. a huge catalyst. And, you know, interestingly, at the same time, Garrett was applying for residencies outside of Boston. Mm-hmm. And so, um, just interesting thing happened, a little intuitive thing. I was in his room one day asking him where he would do his residency. And he thought he was going to Chicago or where else. And he had interviews at, 11 out of 12 places he applied. So, I mean, Mm. people really liked him. And I remember seeing a piece of paper on the ground and it said VA Boston. And I just had a flash in my mind of Garrett walking into the VA. Mm. Now, his first day of work was July 1st, 2012. And the day I got sick was June 29th, 2012. If he weren't randomly matched in Boston, he wouldn't have been there at that moment. And he had no intention of being there at that moment. And kind of by fate, the first few options didn't choose him and he got selected by VA Boston.
0: Yeah. So he was still in that place. So, I mean, you strike me as a very intuitive, open, spiritually aligned, aligned person. You know, for me, with my partnership, my partner, he's very much of an atheist, very much like, I see, I'll believe it when I see it. Like, oh, well, you know, coincidences, that's not a big thing. How does, how does Garrett feel about all of those things matching up and lining up the way they did? Sure. I mean, I think
1: Garrett's certainly not as open and uh, Mm. spiritual, I'd say, as I am. But I think that it would be hard to have lived through our experience and not be a little bit spiritual. And so he's certainly, I wouldn't say that Garrett's practicing Reiki all day, every day, but he's definitely um, really opened up to miracles in a way
0: that he wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. Sometimes it takes like a mind-blowing experience to kind of say, hey, uh, there's more to this than what you think. You know, you might want to open it up a little bit more. So that takes us to the PR changes there because you're going through that as well. And how, you know, I, you built a life around that path around that career um, direction did you just decide one day I'm done, I quit, or or and walk out of the building, or seriously, you that's what you did? Oh my no, god! No, I didn't. Okay, I, wish I did that. <laughs> okay. So let yeah. me
1: tell you that story. So you know we're talking about uh, surrender and uh, being divinely mm. led here, mm. and I had the glimmer, the little thought that like, wouldn't it be cool if I helped other people and coached other people and supported them, and that kind of I knew I just knew the second that thought came in, it was going to grow like wildfire. And so about, I was officially better, probably October, November time period. In December, my family always goes to Aruba. Since I was born, we go every single New Year's and sometimes for Christmas. Well, that year I went to grab my passport and it wasn't in the lockbox I keep it in. Mm. And so I freaked out. Like I didn't have my passport. It is now December 24th. I'm leaving for Aruba the next day. On Christmas day, I don't have my passport. So I drive to my parents' house, which is about 45 minutes or an hour away. I tear apart their house. I'm back in my apartment. I tear it apart. Five times I went back and forth. I didn't sleep that night, Mm. could not find the passport. My family flies off to Aruba. I'm at home by myself for Christmas Mm. Day. So at the time, I had planned on taking that week off of vacation and working the next week. Well, I emailed my partners and I said, hey, guys. I'm just gonna switch the vacation weeks. So instead, I'm gonna be here this week and I'm gonna meet my parents in Aruba next week. Well, kind of uncharacteristically, they had an issue with this. Mm. And I said, well, I apologize if I'm not clear, but like I'm going for Aruba. You know, right. This is the important thing for me. And they said, well, it sounds like you're not really committed to the company anymore. And I got on that plane and I said, maybe I'm not. Right. And like, I just felt furious and full of fire. And it was the first time that I had ever really chosen myself. Like right. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm going to Aruba, I'm choosing myself. I'm not being a people pleaser here. And so I get home from that trip and there's a little bit of animosity and I go out to lunch with one of my partners and it was like someone else spoke the words. They came out of my mouth, but I don't even remember saying them. And I said, I'll give you a year's notice. We're restructuring the company. We'll change things around. And I'll shift things over after that year, I'm done.
0: Yeah.
1: And I get out of that meeting and I'm like, I don't have a plan. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I yeah. don't have a job. Yeah. I don't have skills that I have trained for. So I called a health coaching school and their semester had started, but they heard my story. They were compelled. So they got me in. Mm-hmm. I signed up for an herbalism program that was going to end around the same time. And I said, somewhere in this year, I will figure out what I'm going to do. And that year was up, and I had to figure out what I was gonna do. do.
0: Mm. so so then, once the year was up and you just so you gotten you got in a lead in that direction after that year, you stepped away from the business and were you just like living off savings? Were you just kind of like muddling through or
1: yeah, so fortunately, you know I was an owner, so I could sell my shares, and I did make some money off of that, which could carry me a little bit, but, I needed to work. I needed money. You know, I don't live in a cheap city. So um, we uh, I kind of thought, well, I'm going to do some health coaching and some herbalism. Mm. And I started a blog in addition to all this to find my voice. And I was fortunate enough that three months into this process, an editor reached out to me and said, I've been following your writing. I'd love to offer you a book deal. Mm. And I said, that sounds wonderful, but I don't have an idea for a book. I don't have a proposal. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she said, well, don't worry about it. We're going to brainstorm together. We're going to create a book. And so she said, "You, you have enough blog posts. Let's do that. So I put that together and I was writing for some publications because of this. People asked me to write about my life. And that's where I decided to write about Garrett. I felt Mm. like, okay, this is a story I really want to claim. Now the truth is, although I may have been writing for national publications and have this great book deal, I still wasn't making a lot of money. I still really have this big successful job and it felt, um, I felt like a fraud that people thought I was the celebrity, I had all this money and I didn't really, I still did not know what I wanted to do. The Mm. work I was doing, I didn't love. I felt like a failure. I felt like I am never gonna discover my purpose. And at the end of that year, I still didn't have a career that I loved. I still didn't know what I was doing with myself. I had blown through my savings. I was now at the edge where I thought, I have to go back to PR with my tail between my legs and beg my partners to take me back. I have no money. I have nothing else. And I thought, I've gotta give it one last hurrah. And so this one last hurrah I was gonna do was to create a blogging course. Cause I thought this is the one thing, right? I'm trying to follow my purpose here. This is the one thing I've been validated for. Mm. People like my writing. I can teach people how to find their voice. I'm going to create a blogging course. Right. So I went crazy with it. I mean, I put every last dollar I had. I hired someone to help me with content. I hired a web design team. I had you know, great cameras and lighting and all this great stuff. I put so much effort into marketing. And crickets was mm. signing up for this course and i thought that's it and i mean for everyone listening i don't know if this has ever been your experience but it is the most crippling feeling in the world to feel like i showed up i answered the universe's call like i have been through hell here like i changed my relationships and right. job and right. health and i really feel like i did it and the world doesn't want what i have to offer right and i was in such a a crippled state from this, that I knew I was going back to PR. I just knew it. And so I said, I'm gonna host a failure celebration. So I gotta flip this somehow, right? Mm -hmm. I gotta flip this. I'm gonna have a failure celebration here. And my failure celebration was gonna be to go into a um, Facebook group of spiritual entrepreneurs that I had become a part of and offer them all branding sessions. Because at the time, um, you know, back in PR, I developed a system of branding that was very simple for CEOs to understand you would kind of combine all of your values and product offerings and positioning and messaging everything you can imagine into just five or six words. And this was very effective for writing press releases. This is very effective for media interviews, for hiring people, building a company culture, all of that. Mm -hmm. And it was something I was kind of known for. So I thought, well, I'm not successful, but some of these people have got to be successful. Let Mm -hmm. me help them. I'm going to do this. And I went so crazy with it. I decided, I'm going to do six sessions back to back to back. I did not have a minute to pee. I had to actually stop sessions to pee that day right? because I didn't, you know, I was just like, this is my failure celebration. I'm going out with a bang. Mm. But these people weren't the tech entrepreneurs that I was used to. Right. These were life coaches mm-hmm. and psychics and healers and therapists and all type of amazing people. And they all said to me, every single one of them, Mike, you didn't just tell me my brand. You explained to me my life purpose mm. in a way that nobody ever has before. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, what? Like, th- like, what are you talking about? I mean, the one thing I couldn't give myself, right? The one thing I've struggled through every life change I've had, trying to understand why I got sick, how I ended up with Garrett, why I've changed my job, why this is working, but that isn't. You're telling me I explained all of that to you. Mm hmm. And so for a kind of coach and healer, I did something pretty ra- radical. I actually took my own advice, and I tried to do one of these sessions on myself. And I didn't know if it was possible, but I just thought, what the heck at this point, right? So I start doing this session on myself, and I'll, I'll never forget the date. It was January 19th, 2015. I had been working for over a year now. I was about to go back to PR. I had no money left, and I looked at six words on a whiteboard, And it explained everything about me Mm -hmm. and that started the path of the work that I do now.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's so fascinating. I can so relate to your path because for me, I was a store manager for Starbucks and I'd been with Starbucks for many, many years and I had established myself with the company and I was just I was done. It just, it wasn't for me. And everything I had tried to do was not working, uh, going to other companies, trying other management positions. And it's just, and this is what I really wanted to do, but I was too scared to do it because I'm like, who's going to make a living doing this? You know, how am I going to be able to support myself? How am I going to pay? For, how am I going to feed my cats? You know, that's what the most important thing in my head was. How am I going to feed my cats? So um, when I, At that time, with Starbucks, we had the option of taking like a year off, it's called a coffee break. So if you're with the company for so long, you can take a year, go do whatever you want to do, and then you can come back and and get your job back, no questions asked. And so I thought to myself, okay, well, this is an opportunity to maybe take a year away and not risk my position with the company or my standing with the company. But at the same time, you know, I I was like, well, I've got to save up for this because I can't just walk away from Starbucks with no money. You know, I can't assume I'm going to leave and money's just going to start flowing in. so I spent a year building up my savings and then I took my coffee break and I'm like, okay, if I spend the year focusing on my business, I either am going to succeed or I'm going to fail. If I succeed, great. I can, I don't have to come back to Starbucks. If I fail, then I just burn through my savings and I had a year's vacation. That's it. You know, so I kind of made peace with it in my head. And so that's what I ended up doing. And it turned out to be the best decision I ever made. And it worked like seamlessly. And except for the fact that before that point, I had had similar experiences to where I was trying different things and I felt like I could not figure out who I was, who I was, who I was. And I started off with Reiki because my psychic ability, my mediumship ability hadn't really been in play at that moment i had st- kind of lost the ability when i was a teenager and i made a bad decision back then so i'd spent 15 years trying to rebuild and re re my capacity to be psychic and to be a medium and nothing was working so i just kind of gave up and said okay i'm going to do reiki because i have nothing else to do and my friend's doing it i'll just learn from her and i'll go ahead and start doing it and so Doing that and starting the process actually led to my abilities kicking back into gear and opening up my channeling ability again. And that was where it started to feed into something else, into something else, into something else. So, but, you know, when I was approaching it all from the mentality, because I had other business attempts or ventures that I had tried before then. I had tried like a smudging kit, a business. I had tried other things, a t-shirt business um, and nothing was, nothing was catching, but I was focused on dollar signs. I was focused on supplementing my income so that I could leave Starbucks. And when I just stopped focusing on dollar signs and I focused on the work, then once I began focusing on the work and I didn't have any clients, I just started giving away appointments and doing it for free for other people. And in the process of giving it away, all of a sudden people start coming to me for this or that. So it sounds like the moment you stopped being so concerned about, okay, well, this, this shit isn't working. I'm going to probably go broke. If I continue to do this, I'm going to have to go back to PR. All right, well then fuck it. I'm just going to go ahead and give away whatever it is I'm going to give away. And in the process of you beginning to give away and just doing the work and not focusing on dollar, cents or surviving, that's when the flip happened for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, and I, it's, what's so interesting about it is
1: it's work that I had been doing my whole life, but I didn't realize it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, you know, why this why I was so successful in public relations was because I was tapping into something deeper for people. I right. was helping them to really access the essence of who they are right. and then share that with the world. And it's something that I went a roundabout way to find for myself, but when I did, it just clicked everything into place.
0: Yeah. So, so now, now you've transitioned yourself over because once you started to do that work, how, what was that when you started that switch where you were just more focusing on like professionals in this industry and you were kind of coaching in that way? That started off as just like a spiritual coaching type gig? Yeah, so um,
1: I had this system of sacred branding now that I called. I just stuck the word sacred in front and I called mm. it sacred branding and I, I said, I don't know what this is. And that night, the very night that I went to bed after discovering the sacred branding system and discovering my own brand energies or my own you know, life purpose, I went to bed and I remember shooting up out of bed at about 4 a.m. and kind of blurry eyed going over and writing down five words. I didn't know why I was writing these words mm-hmm. down. I just was. And the words were discover, create, value, express, and heal. Mm. And so I looked at these words. I thought, I don't know what this means. Um, I put them away. And um, I was doing one-on-one sacred branding sessions and helping people kind of once they discover that purpose or that brand, they're using it for business, to then build it out into a business. And Mm. so I was doing kind of coaching like that. And at the same time, I had all these media interviews lined up because my book was still coming out. Like Mm. I may have forgotten it but my publisher didn't so i still had all this going on over here and so i was kind of feeling confused and stuck between two worlds and i went to bed one night and i had a dream about an artist that i had only spoken to once i didn't know anything about her but i had a dream about her and in the dream her and i were both doing this work related to the five words Mm -hmm. and so i reached out to her the next day on skype and i said hey Um, can we have a call? I want to ask you something. And I said, this is going to sound really strange. I don't know you. I know, you know, you're an artist, but I feel like you're a part of whatever I'm creating. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, I feel like I'm already a part of it. Mm. And so the two of us, we didn't know each other. We had these five words, we had this concept of sacred branding. And we put it together in a program called the sacred circle. And it was something that we started doing. I didn't have content. It didn't even come to me until the day before I taught. So I was like on the fly, figuring it out with the first, we fortunately had 20 people join us the first round. And I was figuring it out and Sherry, uh, my partner, was making them into beautiful slides and Mm -hmm. in between calls, making the spread, my ugly rudimentary worksheets into pretty ones so I could give them to people. And somehow we've been running it now continuously for five years or four years, four years now,
0: mm-hmm. four and a half years. Yeah. So it sounds yeah, when I think when you when I listen to you, it sounds like you were very structured and planned before this stage in your life. And then like when you were back in PR, you just like you were you methodical and very meticulous about details and about like different things, planning all your day schedule. Were you more like that when you were back in that mode? Sure. I mean, I think I
1: had to be given. I mean, the 24 seven news cycle, I had a lot of clients mm. doing a lot of different things. Um, it was a very regimented structured life. And I remember when I first left that work, it was, I felt like I was um, a fish out of water. Like mm. it was really hard to be like, so I do what I want today. And yeah. I don't know, like, I can go for a walk. I mean, I remember when I would go for an hour walk by myself and I felt like a badass. So I was like, I had permission to go out, you know, right. that's how chained to a desk I felt. I didn't realize it until I had to challenge it. But I, and I would feel guilty. That was the big thing. You know, my husband now, Garrett, would come home from work. And if I was ever watching TV, oh my God, I would be mortified <laughs> because like, I should be working, I right. should be doing, you know, right. and Garrett would always say, If anyone in the world needs to be watching TV right now, it's you. You are absolutely psychotic. You are always – but in my mind, it felt like, you know, I'm worthless. And and so this work and this whole path brought up so many self-worth issues for me to look at.
0: Yeah, I I think that's something that I've struggled with the most because coming from a regimented, like, you know, 15 lattes, got it, give me two, two minutes, you know, like going into this mode of I have to do this, I have to do that. I've always got my hand in, like, so many pots. And now where I have so much free time and I do walk every day, like one hour a day, just to kind of zone in and tune into myself and ground myself. And I have a lot more free time than I used to. And for me, sitting on the couch, watching TV, typically 80s commercials or something, it 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 at first it was a big struggle because. I'm not used Mm -hmm. to that. I grew up from, you know, Hispanic family. You work your ass off. You got to get some place. You always have to be working your ass off for everything you do. So to go from that to, I have like a lot of extra days to do nothing and I can just enjoy life. It was a, it took a while and it's still a process for me. Are you, do you still struggle with that? sure i can still
1: catch myself and i mean especially when this week i'll be totally upfront and transparent we've got a lot going on mm-hmm. because the end of the year is quickly approaching mm-hmm. and i'm away for a week I actually at a tony robbins retreat with my dad mm-hmm. in uh just two weeks now less than two weeks so my year is basically done which yeah. means that almost every hour of my day is planned and i will if i've got that free hour or if i'm really bad And cancel something to make time for myself, which, you know, it's still, I, I I get caught up in that way of thinking. I think like, I can't do this. And I think, why not? Like, this is my business. It's for me. If I want to cancel this meeting, that's fine. I have permission. And so I think there are just those layers and layers we're constantly working through.
0: So with the people that you work with online or with the people that you work with on in your program, I've, I've taken programs like that before because I was helping myself to get better at certain things I wasn't really naturally good at. And so it allowed me to kind of grow in that way. But whenever I would join a program like that, there was always people in the class or in the course who they wanted all of this. I mean, they literally had this massive vision but they put zero effort into it and they had tons of excuses and it's like they were expecting for someone to do the work for them. How often do you encounter that where people are not really, Un- understanding that it, this is actually going to take real work and effort from them, and it's not going to be just something that you snap your fingers and you suddenly click. Because a lot of I know a lot of people who think once they find their passion, that's it. Like, game's over, life automatically becomes amazing, and like you're gonna ha- have opportunities coming at you left and right. What has been your experience with that?
1: Yeah, I have a few thoughts. Um, One is we're really fortunate. I don't know how or why, but we hardly ever attract in wrong fit people. <laughs> so I don't, you know, often have people who um, don't get what the work is about. Mm. And also most of our people and how we talk about the work is it's not just about business or work. You know, we have a purpose. I mean, like if it's just about business, do you not have a purpose in your relationship or your friendship or breathing right now? That doesn't make sense. Mm. So, you know, we're talking about really holistic view of things. And if you're not ready to make those massive changes in your business, cool. You can, I'll tell you my story. So the one thing I did after January 19th, 2015, I made a massive change, something that changed everything in my life. I bought a pair of underwear. Hmm. And I tell this story all the time because it was my first pair of expensive Calvin Klein bright orange underwear. And before that I was wearing like holy boxers, you know? <laughs> this was a big shift, but uh. I say that because it was the first thing that made me feel all of my purpose, you know, aligned, zany free, unmistakable, definitely vulnerable, successful. And when I put these underwear on, it was like I had superhero powers now. I wore these underwear on every speaking engagement I ever did, on my book tour. Mm-hmm. I wore them um, the day that I surprised my now husband to go to Italy and propose to him in Italy. I wore them on my wedding day. I mean, this these underwear were like my magic underwear. Mm-hmm. And now, unfortunately, after years of extreme overuse, I have had to throw them out. Oh, but I, I
0: would have framed them, you know? I would have like. I know, like, right, shouldn't
1: I have? But I think my I think Garrett probably ripped them threw them in the trash. <laughs> but anyway, mm. you know these. Th- what was really powerful here is I think that. You know, Yes, it can be hard work. Yes, we want to build some massive things. But I'm interested in galvanizing who we are, galvanizing that genius, galvanizing that purpose. And it's always accessible to us, regardless yeah. of what circumstance people feel they're in right now or, you know, um, what disadvantages they have or whatever. There's something within reach. Yeah. And so we can begin to build that up. And that's something that we're really focused on through our work.
0: So what what are what is a tip you can give people who are trying to find their purpose? Like what's one thing that you've encountered over and over that you think has been able to be a facilitator for those who just are like, I have no idea who I am or what I'm supposed to be doing here? Like what's one thing you would suggest or say that could help people to just unravel or start to uncover their purpose?
1: Sure. So I have can I give three? Oh yeah, perfect. Some... Three, three is great. Right, yeah. Right, three good ones here. So we have a lot of um bad life purpose advice out there, quite frankly. So Mm. if you haven't been able to discover your purpose, I want you to know that you're not wrong, you're not broken, it's not your fault, actually. When we begin to unpack some of this stuff, it becomes really obvious. The first thing I like to say is that purpose isn't achievable. Now we all pretend it is. We'll Mm. say things like, my life purpose is to be a life coach or to be a psychic or to be a health coach. And that's wonderful. But if it's achievable, that means A, we can fail it, and B, we didn't have it at a certain point. Right. And that doesn't make any sense. Right. I mean, did you not have a purpose as a baby? Right. So it's less achievable, and I think of purpose more as sensitivities. We've had sensitivities our whole lives. Mm. We're all sensitive, we're just not all sensitive in the same way. So if you might be sensitive to loud music, or spicy food, or you know classical music. And if you are sensitive to classical music, you can probably hear notes that I can't hear. Mm -hmm. If you're sensitive to movies, you can probably see things in cinematography that I can't see. Because contrary to popular belief, the word sensitive doesn't mean weak or fragile or broken. It means able to sense more. And so we're we're sensing more. We have, you know, I'm going to see things you can't see, hear things you can't hear. Also, I'm going to hold more trauma around that issue, of course, because I'm experiencing it. I'm feeling it deeper. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see this come across our whole lives. So that's one thing, just thinking about what you're sensitive to, either what you're attracted to in life, what you're really triggered by, that's going to bring up our sensitivities or what you want to heal in yourself or in the world around you. So if you're really feeling like I never feel seen or worthy and I want to heal that in myself, that's telling you about your sensitivities. Yeah. If you think I'm really sensitive to issues of sex trafficking or drug addiction, that's telling you about your sensitivities. Now, the second thing I'm gonna say is purpose isn't just job oriented. It's not just your job, you do have a purpose outside of job like we've said before. And so this is something that you know can be really uh, toxic where we put so much emphasis on our job that we forget about purpose in our relationships and the way we dress and the way we express ourselves in you know, hanging out with my dogs, mm. like decorating my home. We all have purpose, and there are a million ways to share it, and so we can kind of release some of the shame around that. And the third, and this is the most important one for me, is that um, life purpose usually, or life purpose advice at least, usually asks us to make a lot of false assumptions. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of a story just to give you an example here. Let's say that you are really sick, like I was, and you start healing yourself, And you get better and you learn about nutrition and you're all jazzed up about this. Mm -hmm. And so you start telling all your friends and family, like, oh, my gosh, um, you know, I know this nutrition stuff. Let me help you. Let me support you. And you're telling everybody. And you're so excited. And it feels so good. It feels really purposeful. It feels really passionate. And you think, I've got it. I finally figured it out. I know my life purpose. So. Well, you do, of course, you sign up for health coaching school mm-hmm. and you spend thousands of dollars and you spend countless hours and years of your life, but it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. you know your purpose and this feels so good. And then you finish that school and you quit your job and you start doing your health coaching and you're not making a lot of money. Right. And worse than that, you start hating it It's mm-hmm. feeling very really resentful. Mm-hmm. Now, did you not know your purpose? Did you totally screw it up? I, you know, Are you a mess or you're broken? If we follow traditional life purpose teaching, yeah, that's what it's telling us. Mm. But here's the thing. It's asking you to make a lot of false assumptions. We assumed that because it felt so good with friends and family that that meant we wanted to be a health coach. But if we look at it as sensitivities in sacred branding, how I talk about it, let's say that that person in another reality, instead of going through that whole process, learned their brand energies. And discover that some of their themes, some of their sensitivities are, you know, spontaneous, Mm. curious, experimental, vulnerable, intimate, supported. These were things that they were really interested in. Well, now it's pretty clear why they loved working with friends and family. They could spontaneously support those they're intimate with, Mm. be vulnerable themselves and experiment and get curious. But what's going to work? the second we take the spontaneity out by working with random people, um, the second we start using meal plans, it's not as experimental, the second we're not intimate with these people, it doesn't feel as good. Hmm. It wasn't that you were wrong in the first place, It's that we were looking at the what, not the why. And that's something that we can see why this relationship feels good or doesn't. Why I fell in love with Garrett in the first place. Mm -hmm. Why, you know, this job didn't work out, but that one did. It starts explaining everything because the word purpose means what. I mean, it means why, not what. So if we start thinking about it that way, it's not achievable. It's not just your job. You know, It's related to your sensitivities, and we don't have to make assumptions. Yeah. We can think about the why. So those are some ways that I think about it.
0: It, You wish they would teach us this in school at a very young age?
1: I, I I, like, <laughs> no, I, I, let me tell you, I'm, for the first time ever, t- uh, two days from now, going to do my first experiment doing sacred branding with a six year old, mm. because we really, we've had a lot of teachers asked to license this, to go yeah. into schools. And I would love to, I wish I had as a child. And yeah. so I don't know if I can do it. I'm really nervous, but we're going to, it's my niece. So I said, and she is very shy. She's probably the hardest kid I can work with. So yeah. I said, if I can do it with you, I can do it with anyone. And that's why I'm going to try because you're right. I wish if I learned this in school, I would have saved thousands of dollars, thousands of hours but more importantly I wouldn't have had the shame that I had about who I was.
0: Yeah, are you going to like document everything you're doing with her because I mean you that <laughs> could that could in itself be a book for parents like diary of a purposeful like 6-year-old or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to first at least see if I can even do the process with Mm -hmm. her because the thing is we underestimate kids. Mm -hmm. Kids have a subjectivity. They know, I I talked about those three things, what you're attracted to, what you're triggered by, what you want to heal. Kids know all of those things. Mm -hmm. So if I can make it like a game and get that out of her, then, you know, me and Sherry are going to be studying the film of it, like a playbook. And we're going to try to um, see if we can share this with other people. But absolutely. I mean, I would love to Watch that process because I know for myself, I've uncovered years and years of shame simply by knowing my why, like who I truly am.
0: Yeah, I think in dealing with as many people as I've dealt with over the years, it's the the theme has been reoccurring where when people come to me and they ask me what their purpose is, my answer is the same. Like you've begun – living your purpose since the moment you were conceived like your life is your purpose you are here to live and see and feel through you your purpose is complete like you're already accomplished in that in that way so what the hell are you going to do while you're here like what can you do that allows you to embrace your most authentic self and express that and to experience that in the actions that you take are in the people that you interact with and exchange with. And so like what you're describing, I mean, you can apply that not just to purpose and like life path. It sounds like you can apply that to like relationships and people because people always think I'm going to go date. Every guy that I dated has been a mistake or it's been a waste of time. I don't want to waste my time. And I'm like, why do you think every single person you date is a waste of your time? What makes you think that you need to find perfection? What, what? Why don't you think that this is all a practice opportunity for you to figure out who you are, how you function in a relationship, and then you can transform with every single experience you have so that you can line up with something that's going to work better for you? Because it sounds like what you're describing, you can apply it in different ways to different different categories.
1: Anywhere. I mean, we as humans, we obviously have a purpose in every moment of my life. Mm. And I always say that, you know, purpose should be a reliable, predictable formula for success and fulfillment that works in any of your life without fail. We know it's not achievable, so we can't fail it. We know it's not just your job, so it's not just in one area. It's in every area of your life. And we know it's going to tell us exactly what makes us feel successful and fulfilled because that's the why. Yeah. So that's what it should be. We should be able to constantly look back at it and say, oh, I get that this marketing effort's going to work, but this one isn't. Right. I get that, you know, why this relationship I struggled with. It's not that I was wrong. It's not that the other person was wrong. It's just that, okay, I'm going to give you my example here. <laughs> so I'm always drinking water. I got mm-hmm. my mason jar of water here, you can see. And I, um, you know, theoretically could drink that out of a mug, a cup, glass, plastic, whatever. I mm-hmm. just want the water. It's not really about the mason jar. So if you gave me that mason jar full of alcohol, I don't drink alcohol, I probably wouldn't be satiated. But we treat life like that all the time. We'll say like, oh, I want a relationship. We don't care what essence it is. And then when we get in there and we realize, hey, I don't feel satisfied here, it's because that relationship wasn't the right one for us. It didn't Mm -hmm. give us what we really wanted. We always want that essence. And likewise, if you've ever been told that you're too much or not enough, I know I have a <laughs> lot, too sensitive, too emotional, right. too loud, too passionate, too whatever. You know, the thing about that is if I ever had a gallon of water and I tried to pour it into my little mason jar and it spilled all over the floor, I wouldn't shame the water for being too much. Mm. I would get a bigger container. So this is something that we need to understand. If it's not that that person's wrong or we're wrong, it just might not be the right container for us. Right. When we know our essence, when we're tuned into the essence, our job is just go find the right containers for the essence. Yeah. If we're too much or not enough, when someone says to me, Mike, you're too much, nowadays I thank them. I say, great, you're telling me this is the <laughs> wrong container, right. you can't handle me, let me go right. off and find the right container. Right. That, there's so much shame in the way we talk about these things and we can really flip and realize, I don't need to fit into your little box because I'm not wrong. I'm right and I'm going to go build a life around me being right.
0: So let me tell you something that you did that inspired me. One little thing that you did that kind of really helped to inspire and to shift my energy. So coming from Houston, I had a really good friend who her name was Sandra Logan. She's a well-known psychic in that area. She does a lot of radio work and she's very professional. She's very careful about the way she speaks and the way that she expresses herself. And when we met each other, she was always telling me that, you know, don't you don't talk about yourself. Don't expose yourself to people. You have to keep yourself private. You can't be sharing as much. You can't curse. You can't do this. You can't do that. So it's this, like, profess- sense of professionalism. Now, granted, she comes from a very different mindset. She came in this industry from a very different perspective. And everything that you did in this industry had to be professional. And so I for me I really struggled with that because by nature I'm a very loose cannon um a controlled loose cannon but nonetheless like I'm still going to point in a direction to shoot at but I'm going to still shoot here and there so you used to post these videos um where you would have like a Friday dance day where you would just like play something and you'd be dancing like like a maniac and the first time I saw those videos I told myself I thought to myself like well that's not very professional and like Here he is promoting this or that or talking on this and that and speaking about it, but at the same time, he's doing something that doesn't come across as very professional or very lined with the box of what success or what you being able to, you know, see people and it didn't fit with that. And so for me, it was like, well, that's just odd, but it sat with me. And I saw you do it several times and I thought to myself, huh, okay. So it kind of gave me permission to like explore myself a little more and allow myself to, re- to reveal myself in a more authentic way. Just by you being silly and goofy. Now you may have thought I'm just dancing like a fool and I'm just kind of like giving people a chance to like enjoy Friday. For me, it had a little switch in my head where I'm like, interesting. That's interesting. And so I took it and then I just ran with it. And then it almost added on to other things that were happening around the same time. So I really, and I want to say this, I really appreciate you for who you are and for how you have showing yourself to the world because just by doing that in itself you've had a massive impact on a lot of people and for me you have had an impact on my life as well and I just want to thank you for that um, so so thank you for your crazy your crazy silly dances because they meant a lot to me and they helped me to uh, reveal myself even further well
1: first of all thank you so much that is deeply honoring so I'm really taking that to heart and you know I think that when we tune into our unique Whether we call it a life purpose, a genius, a sensitivity, however we want to talk about it, when we really embody that, we inherently give other people permission to be who they are and step into it. And I think this is why I do the work I do every day. Like, I want to live in a world where everybody has permission to be themselves. And it's not always pretty. Sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's too much. And that's great. Like that, if it's too much, that means we need to build bigger boxes and bigger right. containers. So the right. ones we have right now are not fitting everybody. And right. I think that's really, really important and something I'm passionate about. So I really thank you for that. And I think, um, we, I have no doubt that you have been that person for so many people and we all have that ability and I'm just yeah. really glad.
0: Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's the cookie cutter problem. You know, I think we we went through such a, Long period where everything was cookie cutter, like everybody's, you know, qu- little cubicle was exactly the same. And now people are like, that does that's not me anymore, and that's that's never been me. And I think, you know, what the work that you're doing is helping people to understand that they don't have to, they can be successful, or they can achieve things without having to go by the mold that we've been trained and conditioned for in our lives. So for people who are interested in like the sacred branding e course they go to your site and they're going to immediately see that that's the option available. And that's something that you're offering. What, what does that look like for them? And what are they going to be asked? Uh, what, what is going to be asked of them so that people go in understanding what this is going to be for them, for those who are interested in taking the course?
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, Segre branding like I mentioned before was a system a proprietary methodology that we developed over, you know, years of working with people. And it was something that we offered for a thousand dollars because took a lot of energy out of me. I mean, it was a really intensive process. And I thought, well, wait a minute, my commitment, now that I, you know, discovered my own purpose, my commitment is to share this with as many people as possible, as far Mm. and wide all the time. Mm. So can we make this sustainable? And it was a scary question for me, but can we turn this into an e-course? And we were able to half the price and make it, you know, $500 and do that for a bit. And I tested this for years to make sure that we have a guaranteed. Uh, we had a hundred percent success rate. Every yeah. person went through it could discover their purpose. I could not allow if we turned into an e-course to lose that. Like I right. wanted, one want does that. I gotta make an e-course. So we um, in the e did that. And recently, we've been able to actually drop the price down even lower to be able to help more people. So mm-hmm. it's only of sixty-six dollars now, which is yeah. really shockingly accessible yeah. and important because we want to get this out. So if people want to join that, what? happens is you go in and it just feels like you're hanging out having a conversation with me Mm. um it's really designed to be interactive we never ask you to do a worksheet separate from me so you download that worksheet i talk to you hang out guide you through it i've done this for a number of years so i know every pitfall or challenge you might run into and it's like hey if you're feeling concerned about this here's what you do Mm. then for each step there are about five steps in all We have um, each step you get your training video and then you've got a demo of me working with a client one on one to be able to guide you through that step, Mm. show you how it's happening in life, real things that might come up as you're doing it. Of course, we've got a bunch of energetics at the beginning and end to help support you through it. But Mm. it's a really fun process and it's something that you know, by the end of it, um, if you go through everything and you cannot discover your purpose for whatever reason, which has never happened before, and you want to send us all the work that you've done, we're happy to send you a refund because we don't believe that's possible. It's a proven system that just kind of works for people. So that's a basic overview of how we work every day.
0: Yeah. I tell people, you know, if you really want to get some, like, if you really want to pour your energy and heart into something, you have to invest, like, you have to spend some money to make some money. And, and okay. I see it as an investment, not as an expense. And people have that oh, well, you, struggle. Yeah.
1: What I think about with the, the e-course, I mean, even, you know, how often, go back to that story I told about, you know, a person who healed themselves and started helping friends and family and then went to health coaching school. I was that person, right? Mm. I have spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. countless hours, so much shame not knowing my purpose. Would I have paid $1,000 for someone to give me a predictable formula? Yes, I would have paid that 10 times over. Would mm-hmm. I have paid fi- $500? Of course I would. So $66, we try to keep it as accessible as possible because you know we're blessed in our work to have a very diverse population of people we work with. Right. People at all income levels, you know, all walks of life, all everything. And that's important for us. I mean, I don't want, you know, certainly we have higher level offerings, but for something like this, everyone deserves to know their purpose and we want to commit to keep it as accessibly priced as
0: possible. So if you could go back to yourself, seven, eight, 10 years ago, and knowing what you know now, having had all this experience, what would you tell yourself that might have made that experience a bit easier or more? Effective so that it may have not taken as many hurdles to get through. What would you have told yourself?
1: Honestly, it probably would have been uh those six sensitivities, the brand energies, and told myself, like, hey, you're okay. This is why this isn't working out. This is why you're struggling over here, this is why you don't feel good enough here, or why you think you're too much over here. Like, you're okay. You have been a genius, you have had a purpose the whole time. All you've got to do is start living from that place. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to, you know, tone yourself down and dilute yourself. You just got to be who you are. And so I honestly, I mean, I I learned my brand energies five years ago and God, I wish I learned them 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the time you have spent with me. Thank you so much for being a part of the program. Um, and, um, is there anything you would like to say to everyone, anyone who's listening before we end?
1: Yeah. One of my favorite things to end with is just, you never have to try to be yourself. Mm. If you're trying, it means you're being somebody else. So, you know, yes, you can put in hard work. Yes, you can put focus, but like every aspect of your life should just feel like you. And that's entirely possible. And you are a unique genius. You're a person who, um, nobody else in the world has ever been. We don't have that wisdom from anyone else. So if we don't get from you, we're going to lose it forever.
0: Thanks so much for energetically tuning in. If you'd like to try the sacred branding e-course or want to know more about Mike and the work that he does, then check out his website at www.mikeyamele.com. That's M-I-K-E i a m e l e.com if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more then like share and review my show on your podcast listening platform you can also follow me on facebook instagram and check out my website at www.fernandamaron.com for additional content updates articles and more until next time kiddos and be sure to have yourselves a namaste